Hello, the message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's Favorite House Canada. We pray that as you listen, God's light will flood your heart and transform you forever. Amen. God bless you in Jesus' name. You may be seated in God's presence. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so... Like I said, today's teaching is going to be quite different. I'm going to be bringing the, we're going to bring the word of God to you. You know, yeah, sit down. God bless you, man. Let's welcome my beautiful wife. We're going to be ministering together today. Hallelujah. Have your seat, man. Glory be to Jesus. Ancient words ever true. Changing me and changing you. We have come with open eyes. Oh, let the ancient words, the ancient words ever true. Changing me. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart. long for our in this world. With God tonight, oh, let the ancient ones depart. Words of life, words of hope, give us strength, help us go in this world. Ancient words will guide us. Oh. Ancient words, ancient words, ever true. Changing me and changing you. We have come, we have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words. grateful to you. I want us all to open our hearts today to receive from God um, because um, I'm going to be, like we mentioned, concluding the series on God's side for this season. I have the feeling that sometime, maybe next year or next two years, God will bring up this because being on God's side, I mean, 
<laughs> it's so it's so wide and so large. I mean, the context or the topic is so large that it's not something you can cover in four teachings, you know. But uh, we're going to be wrapping up for this season now, you know. And it's being on God's side as a family. Being on God's side as a family. How do we position ourselves on God's side as a family? You know, if you look at your life, think about it. Where do you spend the most of your time? Or who are the people you spend the most of your time with? If you calculate the time you spend daily, it's with your family. I'm assuming that for most of us. It's home. After work, you go home. Even though you sleep, but you're still home with your family. So how do we position ourselves on God's side as a family? And the way God wants us to bring this teaching today is we are going to be addressing, you know, the role of the husband. As the husband, how do you position yourself on God's side? As a wife, how do you position yourself on God's side? As children, as parents, very importantly, how do we position ourselves on God's side and help our children to be on God's side? You know, and what we are going to be looking at today is basically scriptures. So what we are teaching today is not our opinion. It's what the Word of God says. Now, a lot of times, you know, we are, we are confronted with the choice, do I go by what, Jesus, what, what the Word of God says or do I go by what I think is right? I'm assuming in the name of Jesus for every one of us that we will follow the scriptures because that is our manual for life. You get so, um, how we are going to run it is, my wife is going to speak on the role of the wives. How do we position ourselves on God's side as women, as, as the mothers in the house, as a wife? How do you position yourself on God's side? I will speak on the role of the husband, and then she will speak on parenting, and I will just support her. And I pray in the name of Jesus that by the time we are done, God himself will breathe upon every one of us. We will <laughs> be God's ideal model families in the mighty name of Jesus. That the world will see the light of Christ through our families in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So over to you, madam. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, so, uh, Sorry. <laughs> I, am, <clears throat> I want us to open to the book of um, Colossians 3.18. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says, Wives, be subject to your husbands out of respect for their position as protector and their accountability to God as is as is proper and fitting in the Lord. Hallelujah. So I just want us to, you know, break down this scripture together. I'm not, you know, I'm just going to say what exactly the scripture says, and I'll try my best to bring it home, you know, to us. So uh, the Amplified Version goes further to kind of break down what it means to, what it means when it says, wives be. You know, and it says that the wife is to submit voluntarily to her husband, not to men in general, not as an in, not as inferior to him, nor in violation of her Christian ethics, but honoring her husband's responsibility and authority as head of the household. So I just want to, you know, pick on that and let us distill it together. So wives are not inferior 
I just want that to sink in. Like, wives are not inferior. Unfortunately, that is um, what the world makes it sound like. And it is not new, because that's how the devil works. The devil deceives. So he takes God's word and flips it upside down and makes it sound different, you know, in our ears, just like he did with Eve. And he said, did God really say, you know? And he, what the question he asked was not even what God said, but he twisted it and made it sound different in our ears. The scripture does not say that women are inferior, you know, and that's what the devil is making it sound like. I'm saying the devil, but the devil has agents. So people in the world generally, you know, uh, have listened to the whisper of the devil and are now proclaiming it and making it sound different. To be on God's side, we have to listen to God's truth. God's truth in, is, in his, is in his word not in the world. It's not what people say. So don't be carried away by that. Women are not inferior. I like the way the Amplified puts it. The Bible says wives, not women. It says wives submit to your husband, not women. And so the devil also whispers to men, and men now think that women should just submit to them. Are all the women in the world your wives? You should only expect submission from your own wife, not from women in general. You know, so I, I, I want to believe that we know these things. I don't know, but, you know, I just felt like we should break it down to the barest minimum so that, you know, we, we, we know where we are and we know what God says. It's important that we know who we are and so that we are not carried away by the world. Can Our I, truth is God's manner. Sorry. Can, can I just come in a little? How many of us have a statement like, can you imagine the way that the woman, woman talking to me like that? How many of us know that? It happens a lot. You know, so scriptures are, I mean, it's making it very clear that the man is the head of his wife, not the head of woman. The husband is the head of his wife. So you're not the head of somebody else's wife. So you can't be talking to somebody else's wife like she's your subordinate. I mean, maybe some people don't mind, but me, I mind. Very seriously. You know, if, if, you, if you want to see if we, another side of me, then you talk to my wife anyhow, then you'll be shocked. You'll be like, ah, but this guy is nice. You'll see fury. Do you understand? Husband is the head of his wife, not the man, the head of the woman. No. Men have misunderstood it. So you see a lot of times that men will say, can you, how can you talk to me? Me? You know I'm a man of a house. What are you? <laughs> I mean, let's understand scriptures and let's work based on scriptures. So the Bible is saying the husband is the head of the wife. Sorry about that. You can go on. I wanted to just clarify, just so that we understand as men, so that we can have a mind shift. So for men that have always imagined that women are, 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 are their subordinates or women are inferior to them, you need to change that thought. No. In your home, you are the leader. In the workplace, if your boss is a woman, you better submit. <laughs> you are the one that will submit. What do you want? You want team, huh? You will do what you need to do. Not, some people even get angry. Can you imagine a woman sending me? You are very silly. You are not, you are not, you won't believe, you can't, you are not normal. If that's how you are thinking. You are not, you are not serious. Can you imagine a this that woman just telling you, you are very silly. Grow up. You are in the workplace, you are busting the woman and you are saying, can she be talking to <laughs> So if it was a man that spoke to you like that, you'll be okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Get it straight. In your home, you are the head. In the world, if you are the boss, good. But if your boss is a woman, I'm sorry. You have to submit. 
<laughs> okay, let's go on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank Hallelujah. you for, for that insight. You know, so <clears throat> I, I, I want us to see it this way. Mm. You know, the Bible has, you know, given men their mandate. You know, they are supposed to be in charge of the home and all that. And has also given women, wives, their own mandate. Like, this is what is expected of you. I want us as wives and wives-to-be, possibly, to own, own our own responsibility. Own it. You, there's no, you, you, are not, you are not inferior. Like, the man is doing his thing. <coughs> you to do your own thing. The Proverbs 31 woman, does that woman sound to you like somebody who is inferior? She doesn't. Go and read Proverbs 31. That woman is strong. She's owning her, her role as a wife. It doesn't even sound bad. You know, the world makes it sound as if, oh, you know, you are suffering. Ah, unfortunately, you are a wife. It's not unfortunately. Like, it's, 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 it's good. We should own, own that bit of it. We have our own responsibility. God expects our own, us to deliver on our targets. So don't feel, ah, that, oh, oh I wish, oh, why, so the men have it all. Or oh, is it, that's even, you know, I don't even want to say men. I'm, I'm catching myself and I'm saying, because it's not a matter of men, it's your husband. You can feel like, oh, the husbands have it all. Oh, it's easy for them. Oh, the women are the ones that have to do this, do that. They have their own, God expects a lot from them as well. So what, instead of turning left and right and looking at what the husband has to do and what he does not have to do, have you finished doing your own as a wife? So I think the mentality has to change and you need to be proud of that position as a wife so that you don't feel that you, are, you got the shorter end of the stick or something. Like it's, you should be proud of that role. So this is me just breaking down how the um, scripture you know, explained it you know, that wives are not inferior and that they are not supposed to submit to, you know, every other, every other man but to your husband. So <clears throat> I don't want us to fall prey to the way the devil twists um, the word of God, you know, and, all of, and you know, makes, us, makes it look as if um, the wives have the shorter end of the stick. Uh, we, throughout the Bible, we see different ways that women are affirmed. Like God, is, there, there's no partiality. In fact, I will even say that women are more, you know, they have a soft spot. I choose to believe that women have a soft spot with God. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know? So God is not saying that, oh, the women are, 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 you know, inferior in any way or anything, you know? The dominion he gave, he gave to mankind. He gave to both men and women. So women in your own space have dominion, you know, take charge of that position. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to also mention that um, when, when the Bible says that women should submit to their husbands, I want it to be clear that they are submitting to the position that they hold. So God has given them the task to run the home, to be the head of the home. When God is asking questions about the family, he's going to ask the husband like he's the head of the home. He's the one that is supposed to be in charge and run the home and, you know, be the priest of the home. So God is going to ask him those questions. And he also, have, he also has questions for women to, uh, to answer as well. 
but I, 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 I want to give an illustration. I hope this would help us, you know, to understand what it is that we are submitting to or who it is that we are submitting to. As a woman, the moment you agree for somebody to be your husband, it's just like there's a position where there's a position called husband. And this position, once anybody who occupies this position, this is what is required of all the other people. So you, the wife, you're supposed to submit to this person. So you, the wife, you use your own hand to go and carry the person that you choose and you put him in that position and say, you are the chosen one that I would wish to submit to. So don't be asking people questions. As a woman, as a wife, when he was talking to you, you know, saying all those sweet things and everything was just entering your head. Ah, you said, this is the person that I want to submit to. So you carry the man and you put him in that position. So it is you that, ha in fact, the women have the power. You are the one who chose the person that you want to submit to. Mm -hmm. you, it's you. It's you that chose. So <laughs> if you haven't chosen, choose wisely. You must look at this person and say, okay, am I going to submit to this person? If your answer is yes, then you carry him and put him in that exalted position called husband. What are some people that feel they've made a mistake? I know you... That the man that they chose and they went to put there. So, ah, so no, kind this, of mistake. no, it's not a mistake. They will now know how to direct their prayers. Okay. You understand? Mm. You now know how to pray. Now that you understand the implication of what you have done by saying, I choose for you to be mm -hmm. my husband. You now know how to pray. You know mm. how to direct your prayer. You pray. You say, God... Make this man, give him everything that he needs to be the husband that you have called him to be, to be the head of the home. Provide him with the resources that he needs, emotionally, financially, spiritually, whatever. So you now know how to direct your prayer. I just want us to understand the concept so that you don't feel, you know, everything starts with your mind. Everything starts with how you see yourself. Don't think as a wife that you are, you are disadvantaged. disadvantaged. Mm. You are not. So you chose, and so you from the moment. So so people, <laughs> I was listening to someone and I was like, hi. I was. I'm wondering why people are always excited when it's time to get married, and it's as if they don't really understand what it what means. What they're about to do. It's not a joke. Like it's a serious matter. But they'll be happy, happy, jumping, jumping, marry, marry. You know. So it's good for us to understand that you, as the wife, you carried your husband and you put him on the exalted position. So, so you, you have to submit. You have to, to the submit. Position. You do. You Irrespective do. of how the man is. <laughs> are you, are you, are, what are you trying to say? Eh? Hope you, are, you don't make it sound as if it's me you are talking I'm about. I'm not talking to you. Ah, no, 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 no. No, ah, ah. You're a very submissive person. All right, thank you. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, um, the word of God says that wives should submit to their husband as unto Christ. Do we contend the submission to Christ? Do you contend? Do you say, ah, Jesus, no, I cannot submit to you. Ah, okay, I will submit half, this part, but this part I won't submit. Do you do that to Jesus? No, don't do that to Jesus. How can you do that to Jesus? Jesus, <laughs> Jesus died for you. And I want us to see it clearly how the word of God puts it. We have to submit to our husband as unto Christ. I mean, look at the words that Christ said. He says, I will build my church. He owns the church. Mm. He takes full ownership. He's the owner of the church. Christ is the owner of the church. So when the Bible is saying, submit to your husband as unto Christ, 
I mean, I've seen people define that submission different, different ways, even in churches and all that. I'm like, why are you watching down what the Bible is saying? It's clear. And that's why I use Christ as the example. Relationship between the church and Christ. Praise the Lord. I just thought I should add that. Thank you. Hallelujah. Okay, mm. so... Yeah, so I just want, I, I really want us to drill down this, you know, issue of the why. So just so that we, we, we know how to think and you don't, you know, if you are feeling that you are being oppressed or you feel like, oh, you are being disadvantaged, you, you are not able to carry yourself with that joy and dignity that you should actually carry yourself with. So, so let us not, don't think that is, is, you are a prisoner once you become a wife. Like, don't... We should own it. We should own it. And, you know, enjoy all the benefits that come with it. And also take up the responsibilities that come with it. You know, and that's why I just want us to drill this down properly. Um, the, you know, uh, we are supposed to trust Christ Jesus. Like... He's the one that we are supposed to lean on for strength. He's the one that is supposed to be our... God is our provider. He's the one that takes care of us. That's the relationship between Jesus Christ and the church. And the marriage is a, it's a um, replication of that. Because the word of God says that the wife should submit to their husband just as unto Christ. You know, the husbands are supposed to love their wives just like Christ loved the church. So marriage here on earth represents that whole, that um, um, sacrifice that Jesus made and all of that. So wives are supposed to, it's not a bad thing to lean on your husband. It's not a bad thing to look to him as the protector. It's not a bad thing to, 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 to just be a wife. That's it. But the world you say, oh, independent woman, this one, this one. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be independent because if you look at the Proverbs 31 woman, yes, she, she owned her business and she did all that. But people now go an extra step further that the word of God didn't say to say, you don't need a man. You don't have to be with somebody. You don't have to submit. You don't have to. I, I, I think that that is a perversion of the scripture. Especially when we are talking about a Christian home. And I don't even think that it's easy to talk about marriage outside the context of Christianity because God is the one that designed marriage. So doing marriage out of Christianity, in my own opinion, I feel like it might be a bit complicated. So as we trust Jesus for our daily bread, we trust him for sustenance, we trust him for... That's how we should look to your husband for sustenance, look to him for you know, support, lean on him. I'm not undermining the fact that... Uh, one minute. Okay, okay, one minute. I'm not undermining the fact that um, um, he's not supposed to take the place of Jesus in your life or take the place of God in your life. Obviously not. But he's a representative of Jesus. Okay, I'm listening to the question. Uh, what if, for instance, you... Um, in case of submission, right? Uh, because I've had a lot of discussions with people who say, well, it's hard to submit to someone that I cannot look up to or I cannot see as a man in that sense, like as a, as a husband because I make more than him, you know. <laughs> I've, I've, had a lot, I've had a lot of arguments with people like that. So what would you say in that situation where 
is submission some is it is it based on off of you know your demand state at that point in terms of his ability to protect you to guide you know to to be a husband or is it something you look to god for for the man's sake kind of thing so i don't know if you could shed some light on that okay so if i get you correctly you're saying that should you submit to the man when he's your ideal man like when he has everything that you think he needs then it's easy for you to submit is that what you're asking so i'm asking that if the man that you have maybe you've already chosen is mm-hmm. not the ideal man at the moment how do you submit how do you so how does a woman submit so is the submission based off of who the man the, is who the man is at that state or is it based off of just the word of god because the truth is it's actually <clears throat> harder for some women to you know she's doing her own thing she's serious maybe she has a business makes more than the man and then the man is at home playing games you mm-hmm. know playing fifa or you know mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. And then she comes back from work and is like, I'm the man. Go and cook for me. You know, Number one, like any man that says I'm the man, it means you are not the man. If you have to open your mouth to say I'm the man, it means you are not the man. If you are the man, there is no contention. It's clear. So if you, are, if you find yourself having to say I'm the man, it, is, I'm the man, it means there's, there's the something wrong. Mm. So, the man, number one, the woman should submit to the position. Let me read that scripture again. It says this, the position that the man occupies is Christ that puts him there. The moment you chose that he should be there. So it says that... Irrespective of who he is. Yes, irrespective of who he is, irrespective of what he has and all of that. So God is looking to it as you as a person. I'm talking to the wives now. It's not a conditional submission. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, what I'm saying unfortunately is that you are the one that chose. You know? You are the one that chose. So, I, I'm not... I don't want you to feel sad or stuck, but it means that you now know how to direct your prayers. Because you have to submit. Don't let the man hinder you from making heaven know. Because you have to obey God's word. It's not, not conditional. Submitting it, not submitting is a sin. So, the scripture says that... <clears throat> Wives, be subject to your husband out of respect for their position as protector and their accountability to God as is proper and fitting in the Lord. So, there's, there's no... There's no I'm, for, I'm just saying what the scripture said. That's all I'm doing here today. You know? I know sometimes the situations can be hard and all that. So, I'm sure that that's why God put all those things in place. Don't be um, unequally yoked. Like, you know, marry a Christian as well. I know that is. I feel like you can even begin to start this conversation if you are talking to two Christians. Mm. You know, you can even now even say, but if they, they don't even believe in God, they don't, they're like, where are you getting all this, your own uh, Bible? I don't be, is, where would you start from? You know, so praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, okay, you, I just answered that question. I think that I've actually basically covered it. You know, it's. If, if just just to add to that, if the husband and the wife are not working towards God in the process of being more like Jesus, being more like Christ, then it's hard to make the marriage work. It's hard to make the marriage work. So you have to, the more you are, you know, working on yourself, obeying God's word, and doing what God expects of us, the more the marriage works. The wo- the more we are on God's side, the more. You know, our focus is, is, is aligned. You know, marriage is, marriage is an assignment. We seem to sometimes forget that, that marriage is an assignment and that it is not just for our pleasure. God
God could have just said, okay, this man, this one, these two, yeah, become wise. This is what, what your own assignment is. Your mission is for you to maybe have eight children and shoot them into the, groom them, teach them in a godly manner, shoot them into the world, take this one to Asia, take this one to Australia, take this one, and that's your mission. But God was kind to say, okay, in the process of all that, oh, have fun, you know, let there be love, let um, um, procreation be fun, let it not just be a mundane task. And he added all that just so that, you know, we have uh, benefits as well. But marriage on its own is an assignment. And we should not lose, lose focus on that. Uh, praise the, so that's, that's what I have to say concerning the wives, and you know, I I just I just hope that I was able to you know break down that scripture word for word. Okay, uh, Sati. <laughs> that's fun to strive for. No Bible study. The Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I just want you to shed a little bit of light on um, something that I was just thinking about back there when Illumine was asking this question. So what does submission mean? What does it entail? Because I, from what it was, the example he gave was like, you have to cook, uh, cook for me or something like that. I personally don't think submission means you have to cook for me. But if you can just shed some light on what submission itself means. Okay, so uh, let me see. I'm trying to think of maybe practical situations that I could use as an example. So I feel like um, you, 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 I think the best way to describe it is our relationship with Jesus. It's our relationship with Jesus. Jesus is not a slave driver. He's not a, he's, he's our, he's our father. Like we, we can go to him. We can talk to him. We have a relationship with, with, um, with Jesus. Sometimes you even know that you, you, you uh, well at least i do i sometimes when i'm praying i'm like oh god please you need to help me i'm tired today i don't really want to something you know I, I, and i'm just plain and open and i don't even feel any um chastisement or anything and says and god who says no you must whether you're tired or not you must no he's my father he, i feel his his warmth his hug around me you know when i'm down sometimes i know that he's there but i don't because of that now say like yes you, you like the, okay the best scenario that came to my head is like maybe jesus is sitting here and i just go and meet him and i just push his head and say ah, oh jesus we just take your own side I, I won't do that so anything i don't know what i can think of like okay maybe for example for example um your husband is maybe understanding and he's a very you know calm you know he doesn't stress you or whatever and you know, he says, oh, ah, maybe, okay. Maybe for some reason in your home, you guys dif- divide how, you know, you wash dishes or whatever. And maybe your husband washes on some days, wife washes, I'm just, this is just an example, wife washes on some days and all that. And maybe husband comes home from work and everything and the husband says, ah, God, I'm very, very tired to do. And then wife now says, no, it's your turn to wash dish. Tired or no tired? Oh, please, please, go and wash it. I'm not even listening. I, I, I feel like, that is insensitive and that is not that is I, 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 to me personally I have interwoven the submission with love because if it comes from a place of love if you love the person that you are talking about you are, it's not it's, you, should, you should be his help mate you should be the one to 
Make life easier for your husband. As I'm, this submission I'm talking about. Be the person to make life easier for him. You shouldn't, you shouldn't um, trample on that authority. Think about how in the villages, people treat the kings. You now have a king who is very, who has a servant spirit that would now, you know, help out and not, you know, treat you and say, come back, go here, do that. And then you now, for some reason, think that, well, this is how it should be. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm doing a good job at breaking it down exactly as to what that submission is. I don't know if you want I to think, help me. I think to add to it, you mm. know, other Bible translations put it as respect. Respect your husband. Respect. Respect. So if, if you look at, even Peter said it. I, I can't remember what scripture it is. I know it's in Peter, in the book of Peter. He spoke about um, how we should, how women should honor their husband, the way Sarah honored Abraham and even called him my Lord. It's from that. It's a posture. It's an attitude. You can't put it in. It's not just one thing. It's, it's in your way of life. This person is the leader. He's your head. He's like the CEO of the house. Do you understand? So, if you get to a situation where both of you, there's something happening in the house, you have to make a decision. And the other man says, my decision is final. This is the way. Listen to me. Whether right or wrong, whether you've seen revelation, you've seen dream, as long as you have said it, and it's not contravening the word of God, then you abide by his way. If you now enter trouble with his business, God will deal with him. Are you listening to me? But it's the head of the home. So just understand, I think that... Do I, do, yes, yeah. yes. So, so also, it, it, I like the way you said it's the posture. So it's the posture that matters because submission in another person's house may not look like submission in your house. It may not. So it's that's why it's difficult to yeah. break it down to the actions. It, it's kind of hard because it's the posture, like respect. Yes, you want to say something? As far as uh, submission is concerned, but... My opinion, I think uh, the recipient of the submission, mm. which often to be the husband, mm. uh, I think has to do, if you don't rub it in, that mm. you know that you, 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 you receive this, but you don't rub it in all the time, that, okay... Don't worry, I'm you, coming to that one. Okay, ah, thank you so much. And when I talk to about the men, I will get there. Thank you so much for that. That's love. So that's coming from the place of love. But even with that, I still have one news that is not the best news. I'm going to share that news with everybody. It's not the news everybody wants to hear, but it's in line with scriptures. I will share that news. So are we done? I yes, think we yes, are good. Yeah. I think we have an idea now. Posture. Hmm. So let me quickly go to the men because of time. Men, husbands, what does God say to us? So God has told our wives to submit. That's, you know, when, when the Bible says submit, and it says submit to your husband as unto Christ, it's a big deal. It's not, you can't use words, you can't, there's no way you can reduce submit. That's submit, you can't bring, no, 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 no. It's submit, like you're submitting to a king, like you're submitting to a leader. You understand? That's how it is. Now, but God is now saying for men, it says husbands, you know, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, I'll quickly run through 25 to 29 and 31 to 33. In this teaching for the husbands, there is a secret I'm going to give you for the husbands that will translate your life. You say, why didn't I give the wives? Ah, it's for the good of the woman too at the end of the day. It will change the dynamics of your family in the name of Jesus. I just need you to have faith. Let's be in agreement of that, that particular... Uh, what's the best word to use? Idea. Not idea. Uh, principle. Principle. It's more or less like a principle. It's just things being the way they should actually be. Converting things to be the way they should be. Anyway, let's go back. Ephesians 5, 25 to 29. It says, for husbands, this means to love your wives 
Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present to himself, her to himself as the glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. That's what you were saying earlier. So again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and each wife must respect her husband. I hope we have that clear. Let me go further again. Scriptures, remember we are talking scriptures today. Colossians 3.19, I like the way Amplified Translation puts it. It says, husbands, love your wives with an affectionate, sympathetic, selfless love that always seeks the best for them and do not be embittered or resentful towards them because of the responsibilities of marriage. Do not be embittered or resentful towards them because of the responsibilities of marriage. Hallelujah. My question to us today is what love is the Bible talking about? When the Bible says, husband, love your wife, should I tell you something today? That the name of that love, the Greek word for that love, love is called agapao. That's like agape love. Do you know that that love is the same love that is used in the Bible in John 3.16? For God so loved the world. That same love, agapao, is the same word that is being used for husbands to love their wives. It is the same love that is used in the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, that says God is love. That same love that they say God is. It's the same love that is used in these scriptures. So when you look at, for a lot of men, a lot of men look at it a lot of times and wives submit. Or when, you look, when we look at our own, if you consider our own assignment, what God has given us to do, love, as Christ loved. Do you know the kind of love he's talking about is not reciprocal? Do you understand that? You know the love God gave to us is not reciprocal. So whether your wife loves you or not, you are meant to love her. It's not a reciprocal love. Oh. I see men saying, but she doesn't love, she's not showing me love. No! It's a choice. The Bible says, for God so loved you. What word did God love? Any horrible word that was not serving him, that turned their back on him. That's the love that God is saying men should have for their wives. What kind of love does Christ have for the church? Do you know how we disdain God? Do you know how we treat Christ? Is Christ really priority in our lives? Is Christ not taking the backstage? I mean, let's be truthful to ourselves. In spite of that, Jesus is still knocking. He said, behold, I stand at the door of your heart. You know, the day that that word broke, like the word, my eyes were open, was when I, when I just, it dawned on me that Jesus was talking to the church. <laughs> he was not talking to unbelievers. He says, behold, I stand, Revelation 3, 20. He says, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. If you will open, I will come in and dine with you and you with me. It never leaves us. The love that he's talking about is not reciprocal. You know, I, 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 did, I went through a, a little research and he spoke about the love. That it does like three kind of explanations of the love. The first one is that that love is divine. Why is it divine? It comes from God himself. That is who God is. The Bible says God is love. It's divine love. Another thing is it is self-sacrificing. It's a self-sacrificing love. It's the kind of love that how will I explain it? You will suffer for your family, for your wife to be okay. You are willing to suffer. I see funny things. I see people 
Other would have a nice car and the wife would be entering bus. That's not normal. No, does Jesus do that? Jesus became poor so that we will be rich. So it means if you have one car in the family and one person is to go on the enter bus or go in the snow, it should be the husband. I'm talking of self-sacrificing love. I'm just giving you basic. These are, I believe you do that already. That's a simple thing now, right? Eh? That's easy now. Like, make sure your wife is comfortable, she's happy, everything is nice. Because you love her, self-sacrificing. There is something to be done. Are you willing to take the back burner? And these things are deliberate actions you take. One time I was just in my wife, I said, ah, you have enjoyed though. You people, you've done shopping. I'll do shopping for you and the children. My children, there are times that, I mean, just to divert a little, I know the kind of prices of shoes I buy for my, especially my first son, because he plays basketball. I will go to the store, I'll see this, those, half the price of those shoes. I can't buy it for myself. I say, this is too expensive. One day I now went to a store, I said, what nonsense? Because I don't bought one shoe for him, very expensive, and his leg grow, outgrew the shoe. And I have to go and buy another one. And I said, what is all this? Now, what kind of life am I living? Am I, am I a slave? And I now bought shoes for myself. <laughs> anyway, my point is this. I was telling my wife that, you know, you guys have become everything. Ah, I don't want to have the same color. And, all, and you know, <laughs> mm. and something has to come out. You know, and then she will go, I mean, I've not done my own shower, and I'll be looking at I'll say, you've been enjoying that. I mean, I've never remembered myself. The only thing that any time I now remember myself is excess. You know, they will not be saying, ah, see what you've done. You didn't have, you know. My point is, self-sacrificing, putting your wife before yourself. The way it defines, it says it is oriented to someone else. It's the love that is to somebody else, your wife. The third one is, it is one way. <laughs> Do you hear that? The, one way. That love, agape love, agape is one-way love. It's a love of choice. It's not reciprocal. Of course, you expect your wife to love. I know God knows that women will always love. But even if your wife doesn't love you, the Bible is saying, love as Christ loved the church. If your wife treats you with disdain, love as Christ loved the church. If your wife talks to you anyhow, love as Christ loves the church. Guess what? She's going to be in trouble with God because God has given her own assignment to submit. And this thing is not a game of cat and mouse. The other should now not be saying, God, you see, punish her, punish her, punish her. See what she has done. In your prayer time at night, God, you have not punished her. She's smiling. Punish her. My God will punish you. <laughs> no, that's not what we are saying. It's teamwork. But, but, but the point is this. You are meant to do your own part, irrespective of what you get from the other person. That's what God expects. The instruction God gave for husband is clear. The instruction God gave for wife is clear. That's why we always encourage that both of them chase after God. Because as you chase after God, the closer, the more you chase after God, the more, bet, uh, the, the, the more refined you become. And the closer to God you become. And the better person, you know, you become such a better person that at the end of the day, you find out that both of you are doing this, you, you are doing out, you are carrying out this assignment effortlessly. Why? Because God is involved. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. Now, that love we are talking about, wait, I'm coming to you. I know people don't derail my message. Let me, <laughs> what's wrong with you people today? Don't look at wait. <laughs> okay, so the Bible talks about love. You know this love that God is saying, this love that is saying which the husband shall for the wife. Let me explain it to you quickly, very quickly. I'm using 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Are you guys listening to what we should not be? It does not demand its own way. Ah! Are you guys listening? 
Go and look at the definition. Let God work on your heart. You know, if you go read the book of this first Corinthians 13, read the earlier passages. That's when Paul was saying, if I had, if I could speak the language of angels. He said, when I was a child. See, one of the most difficult things to God is character. <laughs> character. Character is greater than anointing, you know. You don't know. If you see an anointed man that lasts character, watch the person. They can't last long. If you see a man that has character and is not anointed, it's almost, um, almost even better because people will see the person's life. But something is still lacking. Then when you see a man that is anointed and has character, ah, you fear those people. It dirty shakes them. If you can be anointed and you have character. So the, this love we are talking about is character. That's the character of God. That's what, good, what God expects us to be. So anyway, let's go on quickly. It says, love does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. Guys, hear, hear this. Why are you irritating me, you this woman? How many of us say those kind of words? How many of us think it? Okay, you don't say it. Maybe you think it. This might just irritate me sometimes. That's not love. Okay, let's move on. And it keeps no records of being wronged. You know when we married? That word you told me. I can't forget that word. He said, me, I'm big for nothing. I can never ever forget it. What does the Bible say? Love keeps no records of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives, gives up. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful, and he endures through every circumstance. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. I know this is not one teaching that one can just rush, rush and just wrap up, but I just want us to have a foundation and understand what God's idea of a godly marriage should be. There is a part on, everyone has a role to play. We have a role to play. And we have to play our roles right in the name of Jesus. Quickly, just to let you understand this. I have a question for everybody today. For the men and for the women. Christian women. This is the one I said may not be too palatable. Christian women. My beloved sisters joining us online. Ladies that are going to be married in the shortness of time. Yet, answer this question in your heart and wrestle with it. With it. Are you willing or do you have the power to submit to an unloving husband. Listen to me. Christian women, my beloved sisters, do you have the power to submit to an unloving husband? Now listen to men, Christian men, do you have the power to love an unsubmissive wife? You know what God expects the answer to be? Someone should answer. Yes. 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 For a lot of us, you are already in need. Remember, my wife was saying that she has crowned, like you crowned the mouth. I, had, I felt in my spirit that women say, Oh my God, who have I crowned? So I crowned this one like this. But what is God saying? Can you submit to an unloving husband? So if you marry him and he's unloving, my sister keeps submitting, God will bring him out. On your knees, you will sort it out. As a man, you are married to an unsubmissive wife. God will handle it. But what does God expect of us? Do it. Keep loving. Keep loving. Women, what does God expect? Keep submitting. That's scriptures. Keep submitting. There is no... So the, 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 the kind of love that makes... That you say, I love this girl. Ah, I can't... Ah, I don't know you. I can't do without you. I can't wait to marry you, baby. That's not agape love. Are you getting me? We all know that, right? You know that's not agape love. Agape love carried you to the altar. Most times, for a lot of us, he always carries us to the altar. After that, you need to deploy agape love. 
Eros, uh, Eros, yes, it was Eros that carried us to the altar. After that, you need to deploy agape love because life now happens. Situations change. You need to keep loving by choice. And as you make efforts, and, and if it is to honor God, ah, God will help you. There are some things that, now, now back to the men. Before I round up and hand over to my wife, I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. What's the secret I have for the men? What's the secret? It's something I learned a few years ago. And I'm talking of, it's, it's something you can covet. And it's a prayer you can pray that is in line with scriptures. And is in line with the authority God has given you. So many years ago, I learned and I, I saw it that my dad told my mom many, many years ago. I said, darling, that from so so and so time, don't, I will never like, you don't need to bring your salary, like, don't contribute it to the family post again, ever. Like, it's for you. I'm talking maybe, I don't know if it's up to 20 years now, like years. And never has my mother ever dropped a dime. If my mother has so much, I mean, God bless her so much because she needs to know what to do with her money. Because my dad would still buy fuel for her. My mom has been a professor for over, for years, I mean like over 10 years. She's been an associate professor, she's been earning okay. But she not, never really used to know what to do with it. Why? Because my dad made up his mind. And, and that thing, it, I said, so. And I never saw my dad once ever say, where's your money? Like, he had no business with it. He footed, like, we grew up knowing my father like the professor. Like, you can't, what are you going to make money? I didn't even know my mother, had, I didn't even know she had any save. I didn't even know they had to pay her salary. We know that I just go to daddy. And it's provided. That's how I was brought up. That, once daddy says yes, and the thing about, once he says yes, all you need to do is convince him to say yes. It is done. Whatever it is. Once says yes, I will do it. It is done. So I grew up. That's what, I, I remember when I got married and years down the line, I just remembered. I said, God, my dad had that desire and I know he prayed to you about it that he wants to actually take care of his home. He wants to be responsible for everything. That is the place God wants us to be as men. And I said, God, I covet it and I want it. I want to be responsible. I want to get to the state where I will never ever look at my wife's salary, look at whatever she brings in. And God did it. When last did you ever have to contribute? I mean, I'm on the altar of God. I desired it. I coveted it. Now, for a lot of you, what, what you'll be thinking is, ah, pastor, so even if God blesses me that much, what will she now be doing with her money? You've not seen abundance. When you see abundance, there's a level of abundance that God will give you. Women, it's not as if you will not make money. You work, you'll be making good salary, but your husband will not even look at it. Why? God has lifted him. He will never. I mean, I, don't, I, I want you to covet that as men, especially in God's favorite house. And God can take you there. A situation where your bills, mortgage, everything will come from your purse and you won't feel it, you won't flinch. That's what I'm talking about. How many of you are afraid? It is doable. Do you believe it's doable? But do you think, do you, don't, don't know that that prayer pleases God? God, you have made me the head of my home. You have made me the priest. Olumde, your question, sorry. I, we'll go back to your question. You have made me the priest of this family. You have made me the provider for this family. Not from today. I want to take that position. And then, when God, let me ask you a question. Maybe you are not understanding me. Okay, your wife is anywhere. She's earning 7,000 a month. And you're earning 52,000. What are you looking at her money for? Are you getting what I'm saying? Am I talking to someone today? Will you be looking at the 7,000? So the funny thing is that a lot of times, when it comes to disposable cash at hand, a lot of times my wife's account is more than my own. If I was time I used to tease, I would say, my sugar mommy. <laughs> But I made up my mind and I said, from now, and I thought, I said, from now, this was how many years ago, like, maybe after our first year in Canada. Even before we came to Canada, I had already started operating there, but when you came to Canada, reality, and I shook, I said, dear, 
We have to work as a team. <laughs> but after a while, I said, don't worry. By the grace of God, every, she doesn't, do you know how to pay the bills? She has never paid any bills before. So I'm not exposing. Sorry about that. <laughs> she doesn't know how to pay. She doesn't. I'm just telling you that it is possible. I am telling you that it is possible. And I want you to convert it as men. God will take you to that level in the name of Jesus. Don't let's get comfortable with that. Where's your half of the portion? Bring your half, my friend. Where's your half of the No, no, no. It's not bad. I mean, but it's not ideal. God can take us past that. I want you to know what God's idea is. God's idea is that you should be the provider in everything. You should be the head in everything. Do we contend with Christ? When you say Christ, when the Bible says, and the, the wife should submit to uh, the husband as unto Christ. How is our relationship with Christ? Do we give Christ anything? Christ takes care of us. Do you understand? In every way. We don't share Christ's responsibilities. So I believe that as men, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, God will take us to the level. But the thing is, listen to me. If you make say that prayer, and God takes you to that level, and you are now covetous, God does not find it funny. Are you listening to me? Am I making sense? If you take that prayer, and God takes you to the level where it is clear that He has taken you beyond, and let's, let, okay, let me be more, some of you are saying, ah, 52 pastor, ah, every month 52, ah, ah, okay, okay, let me work with your faith, <laughs> maybe for some people's faith, okay, you're not, God has a level of 15 every month, maybe your wife earns 4, you're earning 15, and you are now putting your eyes on your wife's money. Have you followed what you told God you want to do? Do you understand what I'm saying? If you desire it, and you want it to be done, it is possible. That is my word for you today. And that's what God, I felt God, when I was preparing, I felt God remind me because I coveted it. I said, you know how you covet something? You can covet it, but this is a good thing to covet. It's not for me, it's for my family. God, this is who you have called me to be. I should be the provider. I don't ever want to say, what can you add? No, 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 no. If I'm going on holiday, I will provide the funds. If you want anything we want, want to buy out, I will bring the money in the name of Jesus. And I believed God and I held on to God. And the things I did in my life, the faith I deployed was on that level. And it came true. And my prayer for you, because you are all under grace, and you're under anointing, and it flows. If you want to notice something about this church, grace flows, whether you like it or not. So what, man, what I'm telling you is that that grace is available for you. Where the grace where your bills become nothing. Where your wife will, I guess what the funny thing is that at the end of the day, it's the house they spend the money on. No? The woman, my wife's money is on. Just are some things I'll look at you and say, ah, this woman, sha. Ah. <laughs> the kind of things you can use the money because the money is now they have some money like ah ah oh my god you can go and buy one anyway let me not go there I'm not going there but you understand but you know they still for you and your children exactly that's, that's the point Jesus that's name. the point <laughs> hallelujah so my point to everyone today is God has given us responsibilities it's up to us and I want to encourage us while we are on that journey my beloved woman what I've just said you know it's not I know some women that they can take my word now and start doing somehow. No. No, 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 no. While you are on the journey, you have to work as a team by the I, grace I of God. I did at some point too. Yes. Like, we worked as a team. Yes. When so. we came to Canada, we worked as a team. Very well. Very, very well. There, uh, that's, uh, let's work together. You have to work as a team. But there will be a point where God will take you past that. When God takes you past that, remember your prayer to God and honor it. You guys can have a plan that, okay, maybe what you now we can be using it for holiday or whatever, but I want us to get to that place where no, 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 you'll be fine, dear, don't worry. You're, the wife, your wife better, you get a car. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Take care. And God will take us there. We'll be known as that place where God has lifted the men up. One of the visions I have and one of the dreams I always had is that our women in this place will be high flyers, but that the men, the men, the men, 
they will be the head of the high flyers. Is that not amazing? Woman, how does that sound? Don't you want to be taken care of? God will do it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's, okay, let me hear your question. I've answered it. You've forgotten it. You've answered it. But I just, <laughs> actually, it was a contribution I wanted to make. Okay. That okay. The world, it seems like the world, because of their mentality of what, they don't understand what love means. Like you mm. said, the love of Eros is what mm. they are calling love. Mm. That's why it's so easy for them to divorce. Because mm. once that thing leaves, mm. there's no longer any reason to stay. Mm. Because now it's like, well, I'm not getting anything from this marriage. It's all about self. Mm. And, for, and because they don't know that love is, the kind of love for marriage is agape love, where mm. it's a choice, mm. regardless of what you are getting back. Mm. It makes it very easy for them to come up with it, like different reasons to, to live. And then it makes sense. If, if you're not working with the mindset or the belief system of a Christian, it always makes sense to divorce because mm. once you're not getting what you're supposed to be getting, in terms of a, like a selfish need or something that maybe I'm not be, I'm not getting love back or whatever, you tend to now. It makes sense to leave. I, I just wanted to contribute that that Thanks that's so why much. a lot of people, I guess, uh, you, the world today is just is crazy. Like it's now oh. one in two people are divorcing. I know, I know. Somebody just did a divorce party recently. I don't know who it was. <laughs> if I, after 20 years or so of marriage, he came and said, "Well, I'm finally divorced." Like, like uh, sorry. It is well. Praise the Lord. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. But you know that's why we have light, the word of God. The word of God is light to us. For a lot of us, maybe you struggled with errors. You'll be saying, why, why don't I feel that thing again? Now you know what it is. You know what God wants you to have. It is agape love. It's the love that is not necessarily reciprocal. It's the love that is by choice. I just choose to love because God has commanded it. I choose to love because God has empowered me to love. That is what I'm talking about. And I pray in the name of Jesus that because of that love that God has now released on us, upon us, imagine a prayer of a man. Say, Father, your word says I should love my wife the way Christ loved the church. Give me the grace to love my wife. I remember when we were dating. That was one of my prayers. Lord, give me the grace to love my wife. And by the grace of God, I can tell you clearly, I've not, str- you know, prayer is powerful. I've never struggled to love my wife. I love my wife. I mean, if you know me or you are close to me, you know I love her. I mean, nobody needs to tell you. She knows. I love her. And my, the love is not necessarily, it's beyond, it's how Christ loves the church by the grace of God. I know I'm, I'm not yet there, but I'm almost there. I'm very close. It's not normal. I know. It's only God that can give you that kind of love. And I pray for the men in this place that God will release that kind of love upon you. The kind of love that if your wife is away, you just know that something is missing. Like, if, if I'm away for a week, I'll ask my wife knows what I always say. If I travel for, I know every time I'll move my ticket forward to come and meet her back. I'm missing my wife. And guess the funny thing. It is not, so don't look at it that way. God's people are too young. Same thing with my dad. I learned it. My mom came to visit me even when we were not showered, right? For two weeks or so. And my dad started calling after one week. I want my wife back. I want my wife back. I said, I didn't kidnap your wife. I want my wife back. I said, I will change the ticket. I said, Daddy, change the ticket. It's almost 1,005. My daddy was ready to pay 1,005 for her to come two days. She was meant to leave on a Friday. He said, let her come on Wednesday. He will pay the money. It's not normal. I need my wife. I said, about age. So I'm telling you that it is possible. It is possible. But you need to covet and say, Lord, I want that love. You're the one that said husbands should love their wife as Christ loved the church. I don't know how to do it, but I want it. Then God will give it to you. Then you see how your life will be. Because as long as you can walk in that principle, then the other one I spoke to the men about, just be praying that prayer. I mean, I'm begging you guys in the name of Jesus. Try it. Try it. It's simple. But it is a prayer that is in line with the will of God. You see God come through. 
You just help him to transform your finances in your career. And guess what? Nothing will go bad for your wife. So women, don't be afraid. You won't lose your job. You will do what you will keep excelling. But you're excelling. God is lifting this man. And then you will see what it means to have an enjoyable marriage. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. Of course, we know that money is not everything that makes marriage beautiful. There are a lot of other factors. But it's a starting point. It helps. These things, having these things in the back, back of our mind, praying to God to make us, help us love. And of course, for women too, I need you to pray that God will give you the grace to submit. It's a grace. It's a grace, but it is possible. It is possible. Irrespective of who the man is. It is possible. There's no one that God cannot change. There's no one that's beyond God's change. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. Sorry about the time. I know we have... Let's move to children quickly. <laughs> okay, so... Um, <clears throat> for children, we have, remember we are still on, you know, talking about being on God's side and what we need to do, you know, to be on God's side as it pertains to the family. So this is basically... The focus is on parenting. Like, we are the adults in the picture and, you know, how to parent, you know... Um, um, by following God's idea of what that is. Genesis 18, 19, the Amplified Version says, <clears throat> For I have known, chosen, acknowledged him as my own, so that he may teach and command his children and the sons of his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is righteous and just, so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has promised him. So this is God that was talking to Abraham at the point and saying that, he, tr you know, he, he has watched Abraham and he trusts that Abraham will bring up godly children. And that was why he chose that Abraham will be the one that will be the father of nations. He chose that Abraham will be the one to, that the, Jesus Christ will come from his lineage. Like he just knew that this is the person that will sustain um, my legacy, that he is the one that will teach and bring up godly children. So I want this is this just tells me very clearly that parenting is an assignment. It's not it's not a joke. Parenting is an assignment, is a is a responsibility. God expects us to raise godly children. And with his help, we will do so successfully in Jesus' mighty Amen. name. Amen. So God is the owner of the children that he has blessed us. We are just like caretakers, we are just like the nannies. And imagine that you know you have a babysitter come over to your house. Would the babysitter take care of your children the way the babysitter does her own children? Not likely. You will be the one to say, oh, this is what we do here. At also time, they go to bed, they take a bath, this is what they will have for dinner and all that. You are the one that gives the instruction because you know how your children are. You know the kind of children you want to raise. And so that is what we as parents should do. We should go back to God to say, God, how do I go about this? What, what, do, what is your plan concerning these children? And I trust that God, God will help us even as we do so in Jesus' name. Amen. For today, I just really want us to have that mind shift. We just need to know that this journey is, we shouldn't be careless about our journey, you know, in the home, you know, as parents, as wives, as husbands. We shouldn't be careless. It's an assignment that God has given unto us. And that is what I want us to draw our attention to, you know, today. Um, Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, do not provoke or irritate or exasperate your children with demands that are trivial and unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by favoritism or indifference. Treat them tenderly with loving kindness, 
so they will not lose heart and become discouraged or unmotivated with their spirits broken. Wow. I don't know how you feel about reading this. For me personally, I, I don't know, but you know, growing up and maybe where I come from and all of that, children are not, they even say children should not be heard. You just push them on one side, just go there, just stay there. What do you have to say? What's in their uh -huh. They don't know what they are saying. You know, you just, by doing that, you are teaching them how to be adults that do that to other people. You cannot dismiss them because they are human beings. Yes, they are in your care. But I want us to learn to listen to them. Listen to them. Obviously, we are meant to guide them. We are not supposed to do everything they say or fall at their feet and you know be their friend. That thing is just very annoying. But we should not do the extreme either. You can't push them away and say, oh, they don't have anything to contribute. They don't have any what are they talking about? They don't know anything. No. If you don't listen to them, how would you know how to guide them? If you don't listen to what they have in their heart or listen to the way they think, the way they process information, how would you know how to guide them? As parents, we should affirm our children. We have to acknowledge them. You cannot pretend that they are not there. You have to let them know that you see them. So they are talking to you. Take a moment. Stop what you are doing. Look at their eyes and listen. I know it can be hard and sometimes I'm guilty. Sometimes I'm just in the middle of so much and they are going on and on like this. So they don't used to know the right time, you know. <laughs> at, at least tell them, ah, can we talk about this later? At least say that. You can't keep treating because knowingly or unknowingly, you are teaching them that people can be ignored. So they will grow up to be adults that do that. So it is you that have produced that kind of person that will go to the workplace and not know how to behave to somebody. We need to affirm them. We need to tell them who they are. And our own truth comes from the Bible. As parents, they need to know who they are. If you don't tell them who they are, the world will tell them who they are, who they are not. That's what is going to happen. So we cannot raise children that think that Oh, when something gets tough, you stop and you run away. You don't raise children that say, oh, I cannot do this. Because the Bible says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You don't raise children to, be, to, to think that, you know, um, um, that they get their sustenance from money or whatever. You have, they have to know that it is God that provides. So your child comes to meet you and says, oh, I really want this. I really, you say, oh, okay. Have you prayed about it? Okay, go and pray about it. Let them start to know that it is prayer that makes the difference. Create those atmospheres, those scenarios that will make them see God. It's our duty to direct them to God, to direct them to who God is so that they know where they get their identity from. It's our duty. It's also our duty for it's also our duty to show affection. Hold your children, hug them, play with them, show them affection. You, you know, how else would they learn this? 
is, is, is by understanding affection and understanding emotions that they grow up to be well-rounded adults. We have adults now that cannot control their emotions. They cannot control their feelings because their feelings were ignored or dismissed or, or were, they, was not taken as important when they were younger. I, my children, when they cry, it's okay. You can cry. No problem. Does not mean that when you cry, I'll give you what you want. No. If you want to cry, cry. When you finish crying, we'll now talk about it. Okay, are you okay now? Are you ready to talk? Oh, you were crying. Why were you crying? Oh, I wanted this. Oh, I said, oh, so that made you feel sad. So give the emotions words. Tell them what they felt. Okay, you were sad. Oh, you were upset. Or you were angry. So that they can know that, oh, this thing that I felt oh, is actually there. So, oh, this thing, this emotion or this feeling was there. Then you now teach them how to handle it. So when you are angry, no, you don't blame others. Or you don't, you don't use your fist. When you are angry, you take a moment to calm down. Children of God, don't act based on how you feel. You don't, you don't act on your anger. You know, you have, to, you, have to, you have to help them process it. So this, this is also news to me. This is also a, 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 it's a new development, something that I have just re, um, learned. It's not as if I've known this all along. But that is why we should be teachable. There's a way I have been. There's a way I've grown up and there's a, a way I've known. But as time has gone on and with learning and with the Holy Spirit opening my eyes to see, I'm able to see that it's a task to raise children. And you cannot raise children only on. We can't say you just want your children to be moral. You have to teach them how to also handle their feelings. So that, like Pastor was saying, character. You have to teach them to have good character. And most adults that find themselves in these terrible situations and all that is, is because nobody taught them. Just like me, now I'm thinking, I say, ah, I wish my, my parents used to give me asparagus and uh, green beans and all those things. Ah, life would just be easier for me. Now, I don't want to eat those things. The things that are good for me is hard for me to eat. <laughs> and now, I'll be looking for how to slim down and down. <laughs> you know? But if, you, if we give them that advantage from small and we already teach them. Eat healthy. Okay, yeah, eat healthy, of course. Yeah. You know, this is how you handle your emotions. This is how you treat people. You know, another thing that we do sometimes as Christians is that we say, oh, we are Christians, those people are not. And you are subconsciously telling your children not to love them, whereas those people Jesus loves. You have to teach them to love. We have to teach them to love. God expects these things from us as parents. Another thing we need to do is to discipline. Who the father loves, he chastises. You have to discipline. The foolishness is there. And the Bible has told us that it is the rod of discipline that chases away that foolishness. So yes, you know that it is foolishness. You have to explain to your child that this thing is foolishness. And what will you use to explain? It is the word of God. Because I, personally, I want to raise up my children to know that whether mommy or daddy says it, it is not the case. It's not the point. Yes, it's good to obey your, your parents because even the scripture commands you to do that. But above your parents, what does Jesus say? Because even when mommy and daddy are not there, Jesus will forever be there. Mm. 
So we need to discipline them. And discipline doesn't only mean, you know, okay, you did this wrong, okay, you get smacked, or, or, or you, you get punished, or you, you lose this privilege. It also means teaching them good habits. It also means teaching them how to follow through on things. It also means teaching them responsibility. And it all starts from their small age. So this is just a bit of what we need to know on parenting and being on God's side. Because God has given the, cho the children to us as rewards, as arrows. They are supposed to go into the future and continue to propagate God's word. That is God's reason for us to have children. To raise godly children. And God will help us even as we do this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Um, as we wrap up, sorry about the time. I know we've, we've shut the time a little, but God will help us. We just felt it's important to try and break this down as much as we can. Of course, I know we can't touch on every aspect. People have questions and all that. By God's grace, sometime next year, 2022, if Jesus tarries, we will have like a parenting seminar where we will talk more about it. But something I wanted to just address is, just to buttress on, is the fact that we need to let our children know who they are. Because in school, people are telling them who they are not. Um, what kind of children are we raising? Are we raising cowards? Are we raising children that can't stand storms? A lot of times, because we are learned, we are blessed, we have means, right? We need to be careful that our means don't become our enemies. Why? What do I mean? So something happens, maybe someone says something to your child in the school that was kind of rude, then you change your child's school because of that. If someone else says something bad in the new school, then you change your child's school again. What are you teaching that child? Run away from problems. How do you address that kind of thing? You address it. You are not who they say. This is who you are. Next time the person says this, say, I am not that. I've taught my children that. So someone tells you, you are a pooped. I am not a pooped. You are a this. I am not this. This is who I am. Teach them to stand. Teach them endurance. Teach them character. Teach them strength in the face of adversity. Why? Because a time will come that you won't be able to protect them. And it is what you have planted in them, the seed you have sown in their lives that will bear fruit at that time. So if what you've sown in them, if you've protected them all their lives, not to be able to stand on their own, at the point when they need to stand, you'll be in trouble. They will run back to you. And that point you'll now be saying, are you not what's wrong with you? Are you not this? But you raise that person. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. And listen to me, it starts now. From that child that is just one month old, the responsibility starts. I pray God will give us wisdom. In the name of Jesus. Our children will go into the world and they will possess the land. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's bow down our heads as we begin to talk to God. Regarding what we have heard today, I want everyone, you know your own position. For some of us, we are parents. For some of us, we are husbands, we are wives. Whatever you are, you've heard the word of God today. I want you to just use the next two minutes to call on God. If you are a woman, or if you are married, talk to God about your family. Talk to God about submission. Say, Father, give me the grace to submit to my husband as unto Christ. Lord, I know that that is what you require for me. I have no idea how to do it. In fact, it seems so difficult and impossible. But I know that with you, all things are possible. Lord, I receive the grace to be submissive, Lord. To be the submissive wife. To submit to the authority that you have placed my husband in. To submit to him. In the name of Jesus.
For the men in the house, I want to say, Lord, give me the grace. Give me the grace to love my wife as Christ loved the church. I receive the gift of love. I receive the grace to love unconditionally. I receive the grace to love, Lord, irrespective of what the situation is. I receive the grace to love and protect and care for and provide for my own. In the name of Jesus, Lord, the way Christ loved the church, Lord, I de desire that kind of love. Lord, you commanded us. It may look impossible, Lord, maybe because of my nature, Lord. But I know that with you, all things are possible. I receive the grace to love my wife as Christ loved the church. In the name of Jesus. And regarding our children, for every child that is listening today, say, Father, give me the grace to obey my parents. Give me the grace to honor my father and my mother. The Bible says that children should honor their father and their mother. That is the first commandment with the promise. So that they shall have a long and a successful life. So that they will be prosperous and have a long life. So I want every child to say, Lord, give me the grace to obey my parents. Give me the grace to honor my parents. In the name of Jesus. And for every parent in the house, I want to say, Father, give me the grace. Give me the grace, Lord, not to frustrate my children. Give me the grace to train them up in the way of the Lord. Give me the grace, Lord, to train them up in the way of the Lord. Give me the grace, Lord, to bring them up in the right way. Give me the wisdom I require. Thank you, everlasting Father. Honor and adoration we give unto you, Father. For as many people as are joining us today and are far from Christ, your Father in heaven is reaching out to you today. He's saying, come unto me. I know that you are heavy laden. I want to give you rest. He's saying, come to me. I want to be your father. I know how to play my role, how to be a father to you. I want you to come to me. Let me restore you. I don't know who you are today. I don't know how far you have been from God. For some of you, maybe you were with God before, but you strayed away. For some others, they've never had a relationship with God. This is the right time. We are concluding this series on God's side. This is the time to position yourself on God's side. Because the wind will blow. The storms will come. In the year 2022, if Jesus tarries, it is only those that are on God's side that will remain standing. So I want to give you the opportunity today to run to his side. I want to give you the opportunity to cross over to his side. I don't know where you have been all this while. God is saying, come unto me, I am calling you. I am ready to take you in. I'm stretching out my hand of fellowship to you. I want to just say, Father, thank you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I believe that he died for my sins and he rose up on the third day. Lord Jesus, I accept you to my life. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I ask for forgiveness of all my sins. I forsake my old ways. I start a new walk with you today. I start a new journey with you today. I'm ready to start a new walk with you. Lord, accept me. Change my life for good. From today, I am a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Lord, for your children I ask, Lord, that you will accept them. Your word says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Your word also says that as many, that as many have come to you, Lord, that you shall in no wise cast away. As your people have, have come to you, Lord, I pray that you will accept them. Change their lives for good. Cause them to start a new work. Sustain them on this new journey. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. For as many people as took that bold step of coming to Jesus, you can please reach out to us in the chat room or contact our church number. You can check it on Google or anywhere. Let's just reach out to us so we can help you on your new journey. And God will help us all in the name of Jesus. I nearby pray for every home here. I prophesy into your lives in the name of Jesus. 
that order is thereby restored in the name of Jesus. For as many homes that have been disorderly, they've not been running in line with the precepts of Scripture. I restore order right now in the name of Jesus. For as many men as are listening to my voice today, I called upon God and He answered me. I pray for that same grace to be released upon you. You will be the provider for your home in all ramifications in the name of Jesus. All that you require, the emotional resources, God will grant to you. The physical resources, God will grant to you. The spiritual resources, God will grant to you. The financial resources, God will grant to you. The psychological resources, God will grant to you. In the name of Jesus, that any time we remember today, as a church, as a people, as individuals, as families, it will be with joy and thanksgiving. December the 20th of the 12th, 2021 will be remembered as the day that God turned around your captivity and as a day that as a family you enter the next level in the name of Jesus. Thank you everlasting Father. Honor and adoration we give unto you. In Jesus mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen.